And now it's time for Letter to Hong Kong with Civic Party Legislator Dr. Kwok Ka Kee. The following program is a personal view program. Dear Chi Ho, if you think legislators can relax and enjoy their summer holidays as lecture is in recess, you are wrong. This summer, we have been watching anxiously as different scandals concerning major infrastructure projects unfold. Political control is being tightened through blatant infringement of citizens' fundamental right and freedom, and pace quickens in our integration of the mainland. Facing this David and Goliath battle, some choose to walk with their feet and immigrate, while others send children abroad for further studies. In short. We have an escalating confidence crisis that reminds me of the famous quote: "The city is dying." Like dark clouds in gloomy skies in recent weeks, disheartening news continue to surface on a daily basis. The scandal of the Shatin Central Rail link, water leakage of the stations and tunnels of the high-speed railway, ground sinkage of the station of rail of West Rail Line of MTRC. Police using ordinance of registration of societies in banning the Hong Kong National Party. Controversy surrounding a talk at the Foreign Correspondents Club by Andy Chen Ho Tin, convener of the National Party, and the inclusion of Hong Kong into the master plan of Greater Bay Area of Guangdong. Since May, news reports disclose irregularities and malpractice in the construction of the Sardin to Central Rail Link. Government investigation reports. Of the construction work of the language, real major discrepancy between the two reports handed to the government by the MTRC in June and July. Instead of the claims earlier that only 25 couplers was missing, there could be 2,000 couplers missing. The report also said the MTRC was not only unable to supervise the construction but also helped to cover up. One of the most peculiar finding was that couplers was installed from May 2015 to 2016, but the inspector of MTRC signed the inspection report in 2017 after the concrete was poured. The series of events has triggered strong response from the government. Three general managers directly responsible for the link were fired, and the two top executive of MTRC, Chief Executive Officer Lincoln Leung and Project Director Phil Ko Wong. Were forced to quit or retire early. However, no action has been taken against the contractor who presumably benefited most from the substandard construction. The principal government officials looking after the project, Mr. Frank Chen Fan, and Chairman of NTRC, Mr. Frank Ma, were spared despite calls for their resignation. In recent years, people of Hong Kong witnessed a rapid decline of the city's governance and professional standard of many public construction projects. This reminds of the tofu drag projects that were common on the mainland. Take the Hong Kong Chihai Macau Bridge for instance. Although billions of dollars has been poured into this infrastructure link with the motherland, the project will in no way be cost-effective or yielding economic return. Neither was his construction endorsed or agreed upon by the majority of people of Hong Kong. What makes us furious was the news report on the poor quality of the works, like the suspected chipping off of the breakwater and drifting of the artificial island in Hong Kong waters, where the bridge is connected to Hong Kong side. Other similar white elephant projects include the Fred Runway, the Lok Ma Chau Loop Innovation and Technology Park, and the proposed huge reclamation project at the East Lantau Island. 
Big Mainland Construction Corporations, many state-owned. A cashing in on Hong Kong's infrastructure development and integration with the motherland, and make billions of dollars from these projects. With the legislature becoming ineffectual, dissident legislators and Hong Kong citizens can do nothing to stop public funds being squandered in this way. It seems that malpractices on the mainland have already spread to the city, and people are getting used to these malpractices that are originally only popular in the mainland. Infrastructure is not the only area in which people are skeptical about the presence of mainland's influence. Beijing's influence is also very prominent in the local political arena. Following the controversial disqualification of six legislators, Alice Zouting, the candidate filled in by scholarism to replace Nathan Law, was again disqualified. On 17 July, Hong Kong police served the National Party a notice to ban the party under the society coordinates with the accusation that the party engaged in sedition or championed independence of Hong Kong. We all understand this tiny party has never been a significant political reality. Neither can it represent the majority will of the people of Hong Kong. What is most important is that it has never been involved in any violent activities or taken any realistic action that can qualify as sedition. Even more controversial is the undue interference from the Commissioner's Office of China's Foreign Ministry in Hong Kong, pressurizing the Foreign Correspondents Club to cancel a recent luncheon talk by the convener of the Hong Kong National Party, Andy Chen Houtin. Hong Kong is one of the signatory countries and areas of the international continent on civil and political rights. We have every duty to guard against interference on the freedom of speech and freedom of press. Or any civil rights under the covenant, it is also the duty of PRC to enact the covenant and to abide by the principle in dealing with the internal affairs of Hong Kong. Unfortunately, the SAR government, instead of upholding this principle and condemn any individuals or government in infringing the right of freedom and expression, jumped on the bandwagon in accusing the FCC of organizing the luncheon talk. Common sense tells us that a strong country will not be easily destroyed or dismantled by a small guy like Andy Chen or a tiny organization like the Hong Kong National Party. In step with the mainland's plan, the high-profile presence of Carrie Lam in the coordinating meeting in Beijing regarding the integration of Hong Kong in the so-called Greater Bay Area project appears to many to be the hell of tolling the death of one country to system. The success of Hong Kong hinges. On the unique political and economic system, rather than being part of the planned economy of mainland, the inclusion of Hong Kong in this kind of planned economy signals a loss of uniqueness of Hong Kong, and the increasing reliance of the city on the economic planning of mainland that can be disastrous. I don't blame the younger generation for the inclination to dissociate from the mainland or to leave Hong Kong for new heavens. What the younger generation find unbearable is a sad erosion of the core values of Hong Kong: freedom of speech, freedom of press, rule of law, respect of human and civil rights, and a strong desire for equality and fairness. Hong Kong is no longer the same Hong Kong that we once know, as it undergoes rapid transformation under the shadow of the giants from the north. And many of us feel more and more estranged from these homes of ours. What keeps us going despite all the difficulties are the simple act of many individual citizens who do not give up. One latest example 
is a flight attendant's Lao Mei Mei, seeking to preserve airport security rules, successfully launched a judicial review that won the High Court ruling last Thursday that Hong Kong Airport Authority broke security rules when they arranged for baggage left outside of restricted area to be taken through security screening without the presence of its owner, the daughter of the then Chief Executive Liang Zhenying. As Malcolm Gatwell wrote in David and Goliath, underdogs, misfits, and the art of battling giants. What we consider valuable in our world arises out of lopsided conflicts because of the act of facing overwhelming odds produces greatness and beauty. I sincerely hope you will join hands and hearts with many of us who are not giving up in fighting for a better Hong Kong. Your sincerely, KK.